Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 46. I'm Jeff Blunt from Ping Skills, and you can find all our shows on our website at pingskills.com and then click on the blog link. This is the show where you ask us table tennis questions and we answer them for you. And to answer those questions for you, we've got super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Hi, Jeff. A little How bit blue eyed this morning. Oh, sorry, I missed that. I was too busy concentrating on the music. What were you saying? <laughs> uh, a little bit bleary eyed this morning, but uh, yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Okay, yes, we certainly are. And um, first up, Alois, there was some interesting discussion on the radio here about Olympic sports. Um, in fact, one of our top golfers. Um, said that the Olympics is not a sport, uh, is not a priority for him because they're going to put golf in the 2016 Olympics, and he said it's not a priority. And then you heard a few comments about table tennis. Yes, yeah, it was, it was part of that uh, same discussion, and uh, you know they they were saying, oh well, you know, there's a lot of sports that shouldn't be in um, in the Olympics, and they mentioned table tennis. They said, you know, that there are a few sports that. Um, Sound good, but then you go and watch them, and they're not that good. But gee, uh, is he really watching our sport? Yes, exactly. Has he actually watched it, or is he just imagining himself playing in the in the shed? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, table tennis is a fantastic sport to watch, and, and it gets really good ratings as well. Um, but you know, is it is it again? And is it again that you know the finals are often between players from the same country, usually China? Um, and yeah, does that detract? Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it does. I think that they should, you know, um, do more promotion of those players, of Zhang Ziker, of Ma Long, of Zhu Xin. Just promote them a lot. Get us to know them really well. And I don't really think that that is an issue. But um, a lot of people do, so maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you know. Um, if there's two players from the U.S. playing in the final of a tennis tournament, um, I mean, we're still we're really just thinking about those players and and their abilities. Um, so I think I think you are right. I think it's you know just let let's promote our players uh, more. Let's get them known um, and uh, and go from there. And and now you know the the Chinese um, matches are usually pretty good. You know they're they're Real battles, they're um, they're, they're good head-to-head -head, uh, clashes. So, you know, the table tennis is usually pretty good. So, yeah, let's let's promote. That's a great idea, Jeff. You know, let's there <laughs> and promote yeah. those players. I guess the problem from uh, from I guess from my perspective is that I speak English, and so there's a language barrier for me to get to know those players, which um, needs to be overcome. Yep. I mean, yeah, there's there's lots of good translators now around nowadays. Exactly, yes. I don't think it should be a real issue. Okay, so the Pink Steelers question of the day yesterday was, why are left-handers overrepresented alloys? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's interesting because at, well, at the moment, Zhu Xin, number one in the men's, uh, Ding Ning, number one in the women's. Um, we just saw the world junior champion um, was a left-hander in the boys, was a left-hander, and um, there was a um, girl in the final of the of the girls' singles as well, left-hander. Um, certainly over represented as far as the number of left-handers. 
you know, and and I just always think, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a few different things. I mean, they talk about the connection being better um, from the brain, but I think a lot of it is due to the fact that they're just, because there aren't many left-handers around, when a right-hander plays against a left-hander, it's... It is is more. It is a bit different. So um, yeah. So so you just don't get that experience of playing against a left-hander as much. It's like playing against long pimples. If you don't um, play against long pimples very much, then you're not used to it. If you don't play against a left-hander very much, then um, you're not as used to it. So yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, interesting, Alice. Yeah, I tend to agree with you because, yeah, there's kind of, there is, like you said, the two lines of thought and I think Dieter mentioned that in our um, in his response to the question yesterday that some people think it's something to do with the brain that left-handers um, have an advantage because they're left-handed and then the second line of thought is exactly what you mentioned, just it's rare for right-handers to play left-handers so they struggle more. I tend to go with that it's because they're rare and they struggle to play against the left-handers because they haven't played them much. So I tend to think that more than something to do with the brain. But who knows? Interesting question, and thanks, everyone, for your responses. All right, allies, that moves us on um, to the Pink Seals question of the day. And this one is, do you remember your first tournament? So um, if you do... Uh, leave some comments, let us know what it was like, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Now, here's um, one that we've been asked on the using the Q&A app, Alois, which is great, um, from Bronnie. And he, he says, this one's for both of you. Do you have any signature serves? Yeah, well... I, I, signature. I mean, I, I used to like the high toss pendulum serve, basically. So, um, so whenever I was in trouble or or really looking for a point, that's what I would go to the high toss pendulum serve. And um, remember, we we trained in China for a while, and they had really nice high roofs there. Um, and we used to practice our serves um, at the end of every day for a half an hour to an hour. And I remember by the end, um, I came back and the toss used to go up like, I don't know, 20 metres. You know, I, to, I, I got really used to throwing that ball up and and um, and the toss was going up really, really high. And I remember coming back um, to Australia and at the time, the stadium that we played in a lot of the time, the, the lights were about um, two metres above our heads. So um, I, I struggled to, uh, to get used to... Um, Throwing the ball up low, you know, it's sort of trying to throw the ball up high, and it's hitting the lights, and yeah. But um, yeah, that's the one that I used to like. What about you, okay. Jeffrey? Uh, yeah, again, I'm not really a signature serve, but I used to like the pendulum serve. But then I'd always switch it up by going to a backhand serve. So that was what you know, I, Jeff, I, re I reckon your backhand serve was really effective. It it didn't look like much. It didn't have you know a whole bucket load of spin on it, but. Everyone used to struggle with it, you know. It was really simple, it um, but it kept the ball really low and uh, and tight, and allowed you to get in with your with your strong topspin. So yeah, so I, I reckon that's the one that uh, players fe feared the most from you. Yes, even though it was quite simple, but you're right. Thank you. I did like to keep it just nice and low, and yeah, and then it did allow me to try and play my forehand. Great. Well, thanks for jumping on, Bronnie, and asking that question. It's good to have some uh, 
people live on the show asking questions. All right, the next question is from George. And George says, do the balls lose any quality of spin, speed, or bounce after a certain amount of usage? Yeah, I, I think they do. So, um, But having said that, it takes a long time to do so. Sorry, that was with the celluloid balls. I'm not sure about the plastic balls at this stage and um, and how they wear and... and, and but I think they will get a little bit softer. So over a long period of time, they do tend to get a little bit softer um, and they tend to get a little bit more worn and shiny. So, you know, I mean, it's we're only talking about little margins here, but um, the shininess means that you're not going to be able to grip the ball as much um, with your spin and with your serve. And also it doesn't grip on the table as much. So... It does, it does change slightly. Um, let's see with the plastic balls, um, whether they do wear and, you know, whether they're going to last long enough and they don't, they don't just break um, before, they, before they wear out. So, so yeah, that, that's a little bit up in the air. But, but certainly with the celluloid balls, they did tend to um, get a bit shinier and smoother and a little bit softer as well. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for the question, George. All right, the next one is from Lance, and Lance says, what happens if you make the ball touch the net twice or more during a serve? Yeah, so I think Lance is talking about um, two serves in a row. So you serve the ball, it touches the net and goes over, it's a let. The second time you do that, so you serve it again, it touches the ball and goes over, it's still a let. It, this, is a, this is a common question that I get. Um, players often think that two lets means that you lose the point. No, it doesn't. You can serve as many lets as you want in a row and you don't lose a point. So it's always a let. A let is always a let. So even if you do 10 lets in a row, still a let. Okay, interesting one. As many lets as you want. I like that terminology, Alice, because uh, <laughs> I guess it's going to be hard. If you want to serve 10 lets in a row, I don't think you'll be able to. But, well, we, we should, we should uh, challenge our ping skillers and see how many lets they can serve in a row. Oh, yes, good, good. Um, <laughs> let us know how many lets you can serve in a row. That's I'm right. not sure what the most I've ever seen is, but I don't think I've ever seen 10 lets in a row. Have you? I, no, no, certainly haven't. I reckon about three, maybe four, but yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Anyway, we've got a great rules video which explains uh, about this let rule and a lot of other rules, so I'll put a link to that in the notes of the show. All right. Woodcash has asked us, Alois, he says, when my opponent lobs the ball, I can't hit the ball consistently and it annoys me because my opponent wins the point. I mostly uh, lose the point when the lob ball hits the table, you know, on the, towards the back of the table and I'm forced away from the table. So do you have any advice for Woodcash on playing against these deep lobs? Yeah, it gets really frustrating, Woodcash. I, I know it. I've seen it a lot and I've even felt it sometimes. You know, like that ball, that ball bounces really deep on you, and and it and you don't get in position, and and it's really hard to make that smash. And it's so frustrating. It's frustrating when you're playing, and believe me, as a coach, when you see it happen, it gets frustrating too, because you think, oh my goodness, I could, they could have won that point. But the the biggest thing that I see is that players don't get in position when they've got the time. So the ball's up in the air for quite a long time when they lob it. Players tend to just stand there and get a bit mesmerised by the ball, 
and um, and don't move into position. So then the ball suddenly is on top of them here and it's getting up really high and it's then it becomes really hard to hit because you're not in good position. So the key is get back, make sure you give yourself plenty of space and then smash the ball forward. So make sure you watch the forehand smash video. Um, that gives you some really good tips and it shows you um, the movement that you need to get yourself into position, give yourself a bit of space, get yourself a bit of distance, and then make your smash. Okay, excellent tips there, Hello. So, Udkash, get into position early. That's the number one tip against those deep lobs. The next question is from Viet, and Viet says, I noticed that Ofcharov's backhand service are sometimes effective and sometimes not. Um, once I saw him do the service to Ma Long and he easily returned the ball around the net and won the point. So what are the advantages and disadvantages of Ofcharov's backhand serve? Yeah, so Ofcharov's backhand serve is very, very unique because, I mean, he stands really low to the table. He's sort of like down here somewhere and does his serve from here. Um, well, that's his start position. Then he comes up, he's really side on and then he rips into it and um, and turns himself around. Now, um, advantages for him, it's comfortable. He gets a lot of body turn, a lot of um, action on the ball, and a lot of spin, um, and it also suits his <clears throat> backhand game as well. But against Ma Long, remember, you know, Ma Long's got a really good return of serve. Any serve that, you, that you're going to do is... is going to be still difficult to put him under enough pressure. So so that's the first thing. Um, I think I think his serve suits his game. It's not a serve that I would recommend a lot of players to use because of its extreme nature and the the extreme turn. Um, but you know if if the backhand serve suits you, give it a try. Um, I wouldn't start that low the, the way that he does, um, but you know, get try and get that body turn and see uh, see how that suits your game. But uh, yeah, certainly is. It's a really unique serve, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, you, you're very surprised when you first see it because you're like, what is he doing? And you think his head's down low and moving around, and you wouldn't think it'd be a great serve just to get in a position for the next ball. But obviously, he's practiced it over and over, and it really suits him, and he does get a lot of spin on it, and Sometimes it does cause players trouble. Um, yeah, but um, as I, as you said, I think yeah, probably starting off with a simpler version is good, and you know, staying well balanced and uh, yeah, that's what we'd I recommend. Think, yeah, I think even even if the serve itself doesn't um, get an outright winner, it allows him to get into the rally the way that he wants to, and that's really important for him. So. That serve, that spin, just something about it. Um, he's practiced it a lot, and he's used to that ball that comes back, and he's ready to play the next one. So yeah, so I think um, I think that's important. Okay, excellent. All right, now um, uh, Michelle's just jumped on and asked us a question, Alloys, and Michelle says, "I have a lot of problems when receiving heavy side spin short serves. Since there's almost no backspin nor topspin." What is the most effective way to receive this serve? Yeah, so Michelle, usually if the ball's got pure side spin, a good way is to is to flick the ball. 
Um, now, what you need to do is you need to adjust the angle of your racket. So if the side spin is taking the ball that way, you need to just close your racket over a little uh, a little bit to to compensate for the side spin, or vice versa. If it's if it's going to take the ball off here, then you need to really open up the angle of your racket to to push the ball out there. Um, so side spin uh, side spin serves are often best dealt with with a flick. Or you can short push it as well. So because the ball is short, think about the short push. Um, so again, with the short push, adjusting the angle of your racket is really important. Um, make sure you're brushing underneath the ball a little bit as well, so that you that you're getting um, some backspin on the ball, um, which will make it a little bit harder for the person at the other end. So a little bit of backspin, adjust the angle. Yeah, if there's no backs, if it's just side spin on the ball and you get your bat angle open, isn't the ball going to jump upwards? Um, not necessarily. If you if you brush underneath the ball, and uh, you'll you'll start you'll put your own um, backspin on the ball, so it won't jump up very much. You've got to be really soft with your hand as well. So by brushing underneath, you can get the ball a little bit more direct and low over the net. Okay, would you also not have your bat too open but come down on the back of the ball or you think get underneath it but sort of come fast? Yeah, you can. You, you, um, you, can, you can just do that and angle it that way because there's no side spin or top spin. If you have your bat basically fairly flat, um, you can guide the ball back, um, but you're not going to get much uh, backspin on the return. So, so, yeah, you can try and really get underneath that ball as well and see if you see if you can get enough touch to brush underneath. Okay, all right, Michelle, thanks for the question. Try those. Try either the flick where you um, will put a link to the flick strokes or try, as Alois said, to generate some backspin and come under it. And uh, the trick there would be just trying to get the touch and the feel so you can keep the ball low. But uh, thanks again for jumping on and asking us a question. Now, Jerome has uh, got on Alice and just said, Ma, long serve, please. So I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to, but um, obviously he wants to know a bit more about the Ma, long serve. Yeah. So, so Ma, long basically does a, um, a pendulum serve. So, you know, so he's coming, he's coming here, so he's, he's here and he's, he's playing that sort of serve most of the time. So um, have, have a look at... Um, Options of what you can do with the pendulum serve. You can do you can do side spin, back spin, top spin, and that's what Marlong does. He does variations of that all the time. Um, a couple of couple of things to think about. Really utilize the wrist on the pendulum serve. So that's where you're going to generate a lot of spin, and that's where he generates a lot of spin. Um, and then also think about the placement of where what where you're going to put that serve as well. So yeah, so Marlong serve. It's a good serve, but it's basically your pendulum serve. Great. All right, well, thanks for jumping on, Jerome, and we'll put a link to our videos on the pendulum serve in the show notes. All right, well, that wraps up another show. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks to the live viewers for the questions. And um, if you haven't, go to our website, www.pingskills.com. Check out all the great resources there. Click the blog link to see all the past episodes of this show. But you can also sign up for our free newsletter and check out all our videos. There's lots on strokes and techniques and serving and receiving. So much information there to help you with your table tennis. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you, Alloys.
Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And yes, thank you, Pingskillers. Finally getting brave enough to get on here and ask some questions live. I like it. Get on there and do it some more. Oh, hang on, Jeff, look, look, I ask, I ask and Tyler answers straight away. There you go. Okay, great. Thank you, Tyler. Good one. Right, let's just answer this one for Tyler. He says, I've been having trouble against the Marlin serve recently and wondering if there's a good way to counter it. Yeah, so I think with the Marlin serve, he's talking about that slower, um, short backspin serve. It's really important with that that you open up the angle of your rackets um, because because it, it usually has a lot of backspin on it. If you have at, uh, your angle closed at all, the ball is going to drag down off your racket. So get your bat nice and open. Because it's coming a little bit slower, you can touch the ball back really short back to your opponent as well. Make sure you've got a nice relaxed hand though. If you've got, if you're gripping the bat really tight like this, again the spin is going to um, drag off your rubber really quickly. So I, I just tend to re relax, especially these two fingers here. Um, almost take them off, but just have them around the handle. This one you could just put on the handle there. So that really relaxes the bat in my hand and makes it much more. Um, uh, much softer, so the spin gets absorbed into the into the bat a bit more. So, so that's a real key with the returning uh, serve, like the Marlin serve. Um, so, get your bat right back, nice and soft in your hand, and just try to touch the ball back um, over onto the other person's side. Okay, and I guess another tip, if it's short, is probably to make good position alloys. Yes, yep, so good. Yeah, so get um, get really close to the ball. So um, if you're a right-hander, okay, get your right leg um, right under the table. And I like to think about getting your nose close to the ball um, when, you're, when you're making that short return as well. So, And that will help you to get the ball on the um, close to the bounce of the ball as well. So the closer you can get the ball to the bounce, um, the, the closer you are going to be to the net and the easier it is to make the ball short back on the other side. If you're trying to push the ball short from right back here and just get it over the net, it makes it more difficult. If, you, if you're here, it's easier to just touch it over the net. Yeah, so a good short return is going to stop them from attacking. Excellent. And I, I, we do have a video on how to return the Marlin serve, so I'll try and put that into the show notes as well. And I think the, the first answer to that question is always, well, first you need to play Marlin. <laughs> Always makes me laugh, Alois. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great day. Hopefully it's full of ping pong, and we will see you tomorrow. Catch Alois. Okay, bye, Jeff. See you, Pingskillers.